This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're discussing, wait, you've never seen McClintock? Uh, Exclamation points! Can't even believe it, Pilgrim. You know, this is only the second, well, the second of two movies where he says Pilgrim. There's only two movies that he says I was so delighted. It was like, he says the thing! (laughs) Like, uh... Who's that? Oh, there's that gangster. There's that old gangster movie. Like, you dirty rat. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, like Edward that, G. Robinson. He never actually says that in <laughs> any movie. But that becomes, that's, you know, a comedian, like, did an impression and said that. Yeah. And then that becomes. So, um, there are a couple of trigger warnings. Um, there are some racist character caricatures as characters some native americans chinese people etc um i believe we looked this up aren't well that's true don't it's not all like just white people dressed in correct right face or whatever you like the the guy that plays their chinese cook i believe was actually chinese but then like the way they try to get him to retire and he the way he acts he's very like caricature right oh yeah i'm not Um, i'm not saying oh it's a it's a it's a perfectly legitimate (laughs) i'm not saying it's a good portrayal i'm just saying at least they went what what year was this this was in 1963. They at least did made some effort. True. However, John Wayne himself, the person, not necessarily the character, McClintock exclamation point, was <laughs> pretty racist. Right. He did this um, Playboy interview in 1971 where he said some pretty terrible things about gay people and black people and Native American people, such as, I believe in white supremacy until the blacks are educated to a point of responsibility. Or, I don't feel guilty about the fact that five or ten generations ago these people were slaves. Or... There were great, this is about Native Americans, there were great numbers of people who needed new land, and the Indians were selfishly trying to keep it for themselves. As if we didn't come right over here and just take it. I mean, there were some, in some of the Native languages, they didn't even have a word for possession. Right. Like, that's not even, that wasn't literally not part of their way way of life. Selfish. Ugh. So, yeah, he he does, uh, the character does a, a few good things in this movie where he's basically like, um, you know, you can't just tell these uh, chiefs to just go live in a fort somewhere. You know, they don't take orders from any, anyone. They give orders. And you're, like, telling these grown-ass <laughs> men 
that they you have to treat them like children and that's just not fair right the the the, the character the writing was giving john wayne more credit than yes john definitely. wayne himself even had and then the final trigger warning I have is for domestic violence because for two of the three main female characters, they are spanked by their supposed love interests, I guess. Um, with, I think we looked this up, what is that fireplace implement thingy? That I mean, they used a weapon. Right, uh, uh, the coal scuttle, I think. Coal scuttle, like the little, the little shovel-like. Yes, the shovel-like. That's a coal scuttle. So Maureen O'Hara wrote in her autobiography that that famous climactic spanking scene at the end was completely authentic, and that John Wayne carried it out with such gusto that she had bruises for a week. That's really messed up. I so, always, I. I I naively assume when I'm seeing violence in a movie or a TV show, I'm I'm I usually assume that it is I assume that it's fantasy violence that the actual person isn't getting hurt on screen that I'm right. seeing they somehow figured out a way. That's terrible. So, having said all of that, what were three things you expected from this movie? Cowboys, cowboy, and doing cowboy stuff in a cowboy way. Okay. Number two, to be charmed by Maureen O'Hare. I also have the words. It says right here, she gets spanked, question <laughs> mark. Because there was a, I mean, it's one of those things like where it just, I don't know, somehow, somehow that image of her being spanked, I've, I've seen before. It was on what, like you know how a movie will usually have like two or three posters, right? Oh, it, maybe it, it was, was on, a on one of the. I don't think okay. it's on the one I sent you, but it is on one of the posters. So the third thing I thought would happen, uh, it's an A and B, A. Hot dusty men, B, failing the Bechtel test. <laughs> well, do you mean hot like? Um, sexy or hot like temperature? Well, both. I mean, <laughs> they're cowboys, cowboy doing cowboy stuff. Right. In a cowboy way. Right. Yeah. So, I did not, if I may, yeah, I did not, I did not expect to like this movie at all. Yeah, I fully <laughs> acknowledge the terribleness of this movie. There are a couple of movies that I just hand you know they the give feminist cards so we can identify each other. Right. Um, I have to turn it over every time I watch either McClintock or Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, because I love those movies, but they are so problematic beyond belief. So I understand why you did not expect to like it. Anyway, I'm sorry. Carry on. So I gave it two stars. I don't like westerns. Um. So I went into this with low expectations. I'm not sure what it is about Westerns that I don't like because uh, having lived, I don't know if you could call this the West where we currently live in uh, Texas Hill Country. Mm -hmm. is, this, is this the West or not quite? Texas is sometimes considered Southwest. Like, 
you'll group them in with uh, you'll group us in with like New Mexico, Arizona. I mean, I love I love a hot dry place. Like mm-hmm. I would prefer like right now. I I come from Cleveland and right now in Cleveland there is a snowstorm happening and I'm glad that I am not there. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that the likelihood of a snowstorm here uh it, th- there's none. I like that idea. But for some reason, I don't want to see a movie about you know the 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 pilgrims if you will, <laughs> the pioneers. Yeah, I, I can't I can't explain it, but I don't I don't I don't I don't like it. That's fair. And I feel guilty. Like I know my dad like lo- he loves all things western. My dad loves John Wayne and Lonesome Dove. Yeah. Those are his two biggies. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't get it. <clears throat> he also likes the Horse Whisperer. It's a true statement. It's a true statement. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to laugh. So, what was your what was your star rating before before you watched it? It was two. Two stars. Okay. And what was your one sentence TV guide summary? Get along, little doggies. The circus is in town. (laughs) I thought. I thought Marine. uh, Marine. (laughs) I thought O'Hare. W- was swinging from an acrobatic uh, swing on on the poster. Yeah. Like you showed, one of our rules is we're not supposed to learn anything about the movie before we see it if we haven't seen it. But we are allowed to see a picture of the poster if we have absolute. I had absolutely no idea what to expect. Right from this, so maybe she was. I don't know. Was she bent over and that was part of the sp- spanking? Maybe I don't know. But I had a silly idea. Hang on. Oh, so that's, yeah, that's the one. That's the one I saw. Yes, this is the one that's... Right, the one where she's clearly... Sp- yeah, you didn't show me that one. You showed me the, the one where it looks like she's swinging. So since this makes for great podcasting, I'll put the pictures up on the website. Okay, so now I'm looking at the two posters... Which Virginia will go ahead and put up on the on the website. the The picture I saw it looks like Marino hair is kind of like swinging from something, swinging from like a rope or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's another one where John Wayne is like definitely spanking her in front of everyone. Right. Which I don't wonder why would you make a poster of like the climax like that's the last five minutes of the movie. Well, even the tagline up here says Wallops, Wallops the daylights out of every western you've ever seen. I mean, this is not trying to get people in the theater. <laughs> it's right. reminding people who've already seen it. It's it's like when Star Wars came out, they didn't show you the Death Star blowing up because the why would I go see it if I know the Death Star blows up? Maybe it was just uh, a dream, you know? How do I know this That's... isn't a dream right now? Us recording. It's Inception. Wait, is that right? I don't know. I don't know. Let me spin my top and I'll find <laughs> out. Um, do you want to hear what IMDb had to say about Absol- McClintock exclamation point? Absolutely I would. Exclamation point. <laughs> That's what I was 
been going for. So, this is McClintock. It's not rated. It just says past. I don't know what that means. Two hours, seven minutes, comedy, romance, western. And it's from 1963. And it says... Wealthy rancher G.W. McClintock uses his power and influence in the territory to keep the peace between farmers, ranchers, land grabbers, Indians, and corrupt government officials. You can't keep the peace between all those people. Spoiler alert, G.W. McClintock. That's just not possible. It's true. Land grabbers gotta grab. Right. Corrupt government officials. Gotta corrupt. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you will not stop this from happening. So, um, how did things meet or not meet your expectations? There were times when I was watching this movie and we were like, uh, you know, we were elbow deep in this movie. Like, we were like well past the halfway mark where I'm just like, I don't know why this was made. <laughs> I don't know what the point is. So, yeah, there are other parts, too, where there's... So, I haven't... I don't know if I've ever actually seen a whole John Wayne movie, like, on purpose from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So, I have I have um, lots of, you know, stereotypes, and, you know, I, I have different ideas of what it would be to watch a John Wayne movie. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, howdy there, partner. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect a lot of acting, but I could see some actual acting happening from him. So there were parts where I'm like, okay, and there's a certain like sensitivity that I didn't expect, and that was obviously part of the writing, but I believed it. I believed right. it when he was trying to make the peace and everything with all these people whom John Wayne himself didn't really care about. Right. There were parts where I'm like, okay, like this is better than I thought. But overall, I just, I left it at it. At it. The good news is, for John Wayne fans, it's, a, it's still just a two. <laughs> it didn't get any lower. You've seen another John Wayne movie all the way through, you know? Oh, right, right. Um, Stagecoach. That's right. From We're 1939. Not, we didn't do it for this podcast, but yeah, we did watch that one. Yeah, that was his breakout role, you know. Which, yeah, and that was like more of a stiff, like just him being a cowboy doing cowboy right. stuff right but again so we saw him like what not quite 15 years later no not 15 years later 12 30, years 39 to 63 that would be 24 years 12 years 24 years I'm bad I'm bad at math <laughs> did you know that um, Maureen O'Hara and John Wayne did five movies together Wow. This was their second to last movie together. They, they did another... She agreed to do another movie <laughs> with this man. So they did Rio Grande in 1950, The Quiet Man 1952, which I think Maureen O'Hara busts out her original Irish accent for that one. Um, mm-hmm. The Wings of Eagles in 1957. McClintock in 1963 and Big Jake in 1971. So she waited wow. eight more years before doing a movie with him. Well, that I would, I would if I were her. I don't know this. I don't think this is really like a. You know how like 
uh, Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn and uh, they did a lot of movies together and then like Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall did a, a lot of movies together but I don't yeah. think that's this might be a studio contract situation rather than a like a yeah I did I didn't detect any notable like oh my god like these two like are just dynamite all the chemistry on the screen mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I didn't get that at all it's not like uh, Tom Hanks and uh uh, Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> How many movies were they in together in the '90s? Like all I'm, of them, I think. Well, I don't know if they were in that many. Like, there's. You didn't expect me to actually like answer you, I guess. But like, there's you've got mail. Mm-hmm. There's Sleepless in Seattle. And then there's all of those other movies that are kind of like that, but doesn't include both of them. Like oh, like when Harry when met ha- Sally, but that's <laughs> Billy <laughs> <Right>. Crystal. Yeah. <laughs> But Indeed. yeah, I mean, but you could see the chemistry. So yeah, I think you're right about it being a maybe a contract thing. Did you see um, during the credits that John Wayne's son Michael was a producer, and his son Patrick actually played Devin Warren, who was the daughter's love interest. I mean, at a certain point, you're in Hollywood making these silly movies for a thousand years. You should get to, like, uh, you know, nepotism should be written. (laughs) I think nepotism is inherent in the Hollywood scene. Yes, I'm afraid so. (laughs) Can we talk about the subtitles for the music? Of course, of course we can. They were so descriptive. We were watching this on <laughs> Amazon Prime. <laughs> and they, it was like upbeat Western music or forlorn banjo music. Or like there wasn't, we, we knew what feeling we were supposed to be having. Did they repeat once the description of the music? I don't, I don't think so. I don't know if they did. Maybe upbeat Western. <laughs> Maybe. But there was like Western swing, Western music. There was like folk music. There was a bunch of things happening. But it always had some descriptor in front of it. So we would be sure to know what I, the feeling was on the screen at that time. I like that they they let us know that it was Western. If you didn't couldn't tell <laughs> from it being clearly in the West. Everyone's wearing a cow. Everyone's a cowboy. Right. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, do you think you might get yourself a hog leg? No. <laughs> there were lots of words like that that I did not even understand. Uh, so, what is in this context? What is a hog leg? I did not understand so many different words. I looked up. I have one. But what is a hog leg? A hogleg is a large single-action revolver of the type carried in the West by cowboys and frontiersmen. And it's shaped like a hog's leg, hence the name. But John Wayne was throwing that word around left and right. You yeah. keep that ho- hogleg handy. Like, okay, dude. And part of me, I would love to see someone who knows, like, CGI, like Maya, like, putting in an actual hogleg. Like, <laughs> In place of the gun, and they lower the, they literally lower a hog's leg <laughs> to their side. I don't know, PETA might get after them for that. 
<laughs> well, maybe that's, I mean, that's PETA's quote-unquote great work that they've done uh-huh. is that we no longer say hog leg. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're also supposed to say you feed a fed horse. Instead of you beat a dead horse. Why would you I, feed a fed horse? If the horse already been fed, you don't need to feed it anymore. Why would you beat a dead horse? But also, are there all these people beating dead horses? Was that a... And it's just a waste of energy in addition to being cruel and unusual. It's a question I also don't want answered. If there are people who are beating dead horses. Yes. So, moving on. Another word that I didn't get. Uh-huh. That I didn't understand. Chee-chalker? Uh-huh. He threw that around sometimes. Chee chalker is a newcomer. Usually uh, it comes from Alaska and the Klondike. Um, there's a... It's, it's, it's basically like mimicking a Native American word that means one who is, one who is inexperienced or has no knowledge, like tenderfoot. Chee chalker. I see. Yes. So, I just wanted to talk about the clay mine fight for a little bit. What the heck? Okay, go ahead. Okay. Which so, goes on, which is, which I think is about 45 minutes of the movie, but go ahead. <laughs> it goes on forever. Um, so, it begins with, um, I mean, kind of an accurate depiction of white mob mentality against Native Americans right. in the West, because yeah. basically... One of the white men's daughters goes missing, and they think uh, one of the Native Americans took her. And so they're ready to hang the chief right there at the top of the clay mine because some something happened to the daughter. She's probably dead, something. Right. There, you know, John Wayne uh, McClintock, he's trying to talk them out of doing it, and... and as they're, you know, having this conversation, the man's daughter and her boyfriend or suitor or whatever come riding out of the woods together on the same horse. And it's clear, she says like, oh, he took me on a sunrise horse ride. Uh And the horse wandered away, which I'm guessing is like the car ran out of gas of the Old West. But they were ready to hang this man over a a girl disappearing with her bow. You know what I'm saying? Just all about assumptions. And then comes the biggest choreographed fight probably in Western history. <laughs> there were fake punches being thrown left and right. People sliding down a muddy clay thing into some muddy water yes what did you think about the big fight scene there seems to be a way in western movies of hitting someone in a big brawl this if you find yourself in a western movie uh-huh. from 60 years ago uh-huh. this is what you do you walk up behind them uh-huh. turn them around by the shoulder halfway uh-huh. and then you hit them just as they were like as turned as they're going to be, and then the person being hit keeps their hands down. Yes, that seems fairly accurate. I, no one, no one would fight that way. Like, if someone's like, if it's like a, I'm not talking about a sneak attack situation, 
there's fights happening all around you. Right. <laughs> I don't understand why someone would just be compliant and, oh, yes, sir, I'm going to turn around because there's a hand on my shoulder. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, and it's sort of like, I mean, it's not really that much better than just, like, stabbing someone in the back or shooting them in the back because you're not giving them time to create a fair fight situation. You're just like, turn around, punch, like... There's no recovery time for the person you're fighting, which... The heads up, though, is that everyone is brawling around you. That's true. Put your dukes up. Is that why they call John Wayne the Duke? That's exactly why. <laughs> I just realized that. I honestly I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So did it, in fact, did this movie, in fact, fail the Bechdel test, as I hoped? I was concerned that it would. <laughs> right. But then I remembered that they're actually quite, well, compared to most Westerns, there are quite a few female characters in this movie. Yeah. Um, and they're not, although a lot of them are, but not all are like um, ladies of the evening and the town madam and stuff like that. So there's... Um, there's uh, Mrs. McClintock, Katie. Um, there's Becky, Rebecca, the daughter. Right. And then there's Mrs. Warren, the cook. All right. Um, so Mrs. Warren, after the big clay fight scene, of course, Katie gets, um, gets a black eye. She got punched. So she's in bed. And waiting for her breakfast. And Mrs. Warren brings up the breakfast. And they talk about, um, you know, who gave you the black eye and what happened. And um, they, I mean, they talk about GW, but they don't, their conversation isn't strictly about him. So obviously they're two named female characters who talk to each other. Right. And they talk about, like, Mrs. Warren, like, lays down the law. Like, I understand you're the wife here. And, mm. like... But you're just here for a short time, and this is how I run things around here. This is how things are going to be. Like, um, so I guess the men are sort of ancillary to the conversation because she's like, I know you had to put up that show in front of the men to show that you're like the woman of the house. But, you know, I do things this way and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So I feel like that probably passes because it's not about the men. It's about her reaction or her behavior in front of the men. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think? I agree. I think you made a fair point. Okay. Are there any pop culture references you now understand? The game Red... The original Red Dead Redemption video game... Mm-hmm. It's set near the end of Cowboy Times in 1899. Mm-hmm. One of the beggars uh, in this in in, McClin- in McClintock, since it has an ex- uh-huh. exclamation, uh, one of the beggars is called Bunny, and it looks like he, he was taken right out of this movie and just plopped into the game. Uh, he had that like top hat. Oh, the town like, drunk. Like, right. There are other things that remind me of Red Dead Redemption, uh, but I think that in Red Dead Redemption they just sort of nailed the genre of westerns. Um. So I don't know. 
I, I honestly can't tell if they were making direct references to this particular movie, but there were definitely like lots of homages to, you know, John Wayne movies in general. And I can't explain this to you. I love playing the game Red Dead Redemption, even though like I could care less about watching an equivalent movie version <laughs> of I don't know what it is. I like being on my horse and doing cowboy stuff and wrestling up some grub. I they don't even say things like that, do they? Wrestle up some grub? Maybe. Can we talk about Junior's dancing? I forgot that we needed to talk about this. You mean Matt Douglas Junior? Yes. <laughs> I actually have that written down to talk about. <laughs> He does a fancy dance. He's He goes to college in New York, right? New York City, yeah. And he brought the latest dance steps. Oh, my God. And oh, my God. Oh. They were so terrible. Why is the latest dance step like that Warner Brothers cartoon, uh, 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 like that ragtime? Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my ragtime gal. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? The frog? Yeah, I the know. The frog who, like... Because the alien at the end of Spaceballs does that. (laughs) We talked about that when we watched Alien. Oh, oh, I love dovetailing. (laughs) So, yeah, he he does, like, he has his straw hat, his flat straw hat. Right. That he uses, like, to, uh, this is great podcasting, to accentuate his. Your elbows are out, and then you're, you're sort of doing that, like, Barbershop quartet. Right. That's like, what he looked like somebody who should be in a barbershop quartet. Exactly. Is exactly what it was. In as much as there's choreography in a barbershop quartet, it's like a barbershop solo, I guess. <laughs> well, and how, I mean, if those are the latest dance steps, and he's, show, like, he's showing them so presumably the people can learn them and they can all do the latest dance steps, right? Yeah. It seems like there's a lot of. It's not exactly a line dance where you're, where like the people are contained in a. So how are so many people gonna dance that same dance at the same time? You see what I'm saying? Am I supposed to be taking notes as right. you're dancing this way? Because if you have like ten people doing the same dance at the same time, one of them is probably gonna fly off the gazebo because there's just not enough room. He was moving all around that like dance floor gazebo thingy. Virginia, this is just an excuse to let Junior do his thing. My God. He's not really a teacher. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's not a dude. Do you remember that? He's not a dude. No, I don't. Because Devlin Warren is telling Becky, like, um, you know, I may not be rich but i'm not some fancy dude and she's like <laughs> right. junior is not a dude <laughs> <laughs> this stuck with you obviously i've seen this movie quite a few times like i said my dad likes john wayne and this was one of the few movies we could agree on that and the cowboys which i'm sure we'll be watching it's a good it's a little sad but it's good it, is it is it a john wayne movie yes there's another john wayne movie i need to see <laughs> yes those are the only two no there's one other John Wayne movie I like, but that's only because I got to see it in person and meet Angie Dickinson. Oh, and that's, that's cool. Rio Bravo. 
Well, that's kind of. She's awesome. a sweetheart too. She was so nice to Angelica. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That's nice. So, any other pop culture references you understand? Did the dance steps bring up? Like, did it remind you of the Macarena or anything? The Charleston. So. I'm not sure if this is exact. I'm just going to move on and not acknowledge what you're saying at all. Okay. <laughs> but um, I'm not sure if this is really a pop a, a pop culture reference exactly. But when the the idea of a steam engine when it's stopped, but it's still bellowing out steam. Right. At rest, I'm wondering if. Um, since Star Wars is kind of like a nod to westerns, like you look at uh, the way that Han Solo is dressed, you could almost put like a gold star on that <laughs> black on that black vest of his. And you know he's the he's the he's the Marshall sheriff. Dodge City, exactly, exactly. Marshall Cloud City. <laughs> so I'm wondering if I when, myself up. when the Millennium Falcon is on. This didn't happen until... I'm such a nerd. I happen to know that this didn't really start happening until uh, Irvin Kirshner, in, when he, he directed uh, Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. When the Millennium Falcon is sitting there on Cloud City, it's like bellowing steam. Like, he wanted there to be, like, something alive. Uh-huh. I'm not going to do my Irvin Kirshner impression because that's <laughs> going to be 25 minutes. What you have to do here... Is make it look alive. I told you I wouldn't do it, and then I did it. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, like there was def, it was definitely a moment where I'm like, oh, I wonder if that's, you know, that's where he got that idea from. Interesting. Um, how would the movie be different with today's technology? So I think I've established that I am going to just say that it's not applicable when we're talking about. A period movie. That is true. However, so, so for me, I'm just gonna say, yeah. um, this is a version of the Taming of the Shrew. So yeah, that's any, I didn't know that. Any updated version of telling Taming of the Shrew would be pretty much a an updated technology, like um, Ten Things I Hate About You, which you hated. I love. It's eleven things that I hate. No, it's, it's not. The movie is one of the no, things it's not. I hate. No, it's no, not. No, it's not what I hate about you. I didn't mean to get personal. Whatever. Anyways. Wow. R.I.P. Heath Ledger. So, if... Remember in remember in 10 Things I Hate About You when he turned around to, was it Julia Stiles? Yes. And went, why so serious? Do you remember in <laughs> something I just learned the other day? From a podcast you're called not, Women at Warp. You're not going to acknowledge my my acting? I haven't seen the Batman movie that has Heath Ledger in it. So I assume that's what that reference was. It was. But I haven't seen it. So. <laughs> anyway, you were saying. You've seen Galaxy Quest, of course. Yes. So the guy who played, who was the little kid on the original so, you he, know, he a, he, they had, like, the a, Wesley-like character. Right, who was a kid, and then he grew up. Right. And 
in the movie. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. So that adult actor mm-hmm. is also the English teacher in Ten Things I Hate About You. <laughs> he didn't even realize <laughs> that. That's funny. When <laughs> worlds collide. <laughs> That's um, great. Do you have anything else to discuss? That's plenty. Yeah, this movie is a lot. So anyway. It's behind us, though, now. You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. Please just go to our website so I don't have to say everything again. Wait, you've never seen dot com. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time, we'll begin our sequels month. Oh, I'm so excited. The first one we'll be watching is Die Hard 2. Die Hard in a Mall. Die Hard in a Mall. That can't be right. Oh, well, that was that was going to be the, the sequel to Mall Rats. Mall Rats, Die Hard in a Mall. Die Hard 2. I, I think you're just making things up. Die Harder. No, it's a real thing. <laughs> Look it up. Google it. Google it. Google it on Google. Anyway. Thanks for listening. (laughs)